Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Hey, 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 welcome to episode 110. Today we have a special guest. I've known this dude since high school. I'm super excited to have him on my podcast. I've only been asking him for like over a year to, to make an appearance on here. So today I'm excited to have him on. He goes by the name Daniel Fosmark, a.k.a. Debo, a.k.a. The Foz, a.k.a. Big Red. Should I just keep going? You can keep going all night. Danny Fosmark, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm fantastic. I'm blessed to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad we were able to work this thing out. And uh, we were talking before we came on here, and I think everything happens happens for a reason, man. I'm glad that it's your butt in that seat today in this studio. So thanks, brother. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Yeah, it's probably good I didn't make it down here before. Absolutely, absolutely. We're gonna jump into chopping it up with Foz here. Uh, before that, though, episode 110 is brought to us by High Desert Counseling. High Desert Counseling is a progressive substance abuse treatment facility with a practical approach. They offer day treatment, morning and evening IOP, continuation of care, and Prime for Life programs. Check out their website at highdesert.help or give them a call at 435-673-2899. Their facilities are located in St. George and Cedar City, Utah. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Episode 110 is also brought to us by Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They offer two powerful blends. Mindful Mood helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood, while Mind Shift helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Place your order today by going to riseupsups.com. That's R-A-S-E-U-P-S, U-P-S dot C-O-M, at checkout, punch in podcast 20 to save 20% off on the promotion code. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Foz. So you're on here, man. Let's just, let's just, let's just throw out the formal outline. Let's just shoot from the hip, man. I love it. I feel like today just needs to be God inspired day. You know, I feel like that's how we lived our lives. We lived everything from off the cuff. So we started that way. Let's end that way. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's right. do it. So I've known you since high school, right? We, we, we played football together, yes, ran sir. with some of the same crowds, did a lot of stupid stuff together, only got caught for about 10% of it, give or take. Luckily, that's why we're both still here. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, man, I, I'm glad you're here in the studio today. Let's talk about, this is obviously a podcast about recovery from addiction. Back in the day, when I when I like knew you and we were hanging out in the same circles, uh, you're a year older than me, mm-hmm. a legend in the shop, but one of the the best offense and defensive linemen Clearfield High School's ever had. Thank you very much. Come from a, a whole legacy of phenomenal football players. Definitely, long family of of good football players. Back then, though, man, there wasn't a whole lot of substance abuse going on. I don't think. Like, I don't really recall a whole lot. I know that we both had some surgeries. Yeah, mine mine started real early with my first sur- shoulder surgery was when I was a junior in high school. So I started with pain pills back, like, you know, early 2000s, around two, the year 2000. Do you, think, do you think looking back at that time, though, um, here, I'm just going to, do you think looking back at that time, were you taking them as prescribed, or do you think that, you were abusing them back then. Um, I think I was taking them as prescribed then, um, but I had five shoulder surgeries in the subsequent four years. And I think that coupled with um, graduating high school and my friends going on missions. So that's a Utah cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not knowing really what to do with my identity at that point. A lot of my, the people that I had, formed my identity with that you knew growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, Jared Wilcox, Mike Tulane, those Jared people. Jared Buckley. Yeah, Jared Buckley, mm-hmm. you know, Luke Coulihan, um, all those guys that I'd formed my identity around. Some of those guys, we kind of all branched out and did our own thing. And I went up to, to Weber State and 
and I was on a, a track scholarship and I couldn't play football anymore. And that was a path that I didn't necessarily plan for myself. I wanted to play football. So I was already let down from the goal that I had for put out for myself. And so I already felt like I'd fallen short. And so my life is, is a lot of me not meeting the expectations that I felt were the way that I needed to live my life. Okay. And, okay. and so our listeners probably don't know this, but I know you pretty well. Yeah. Are you okay if I just hit you with some personal questions? Hit me. So your brother was an All-American at Weber State. Yes. Brady Fosmark. Yes, football player, yes. The dude was a, like a legend. And he wasn't that much older than us, man. I remember Two watching years. him and like Trevor Russell playing, right? Damn. Like um, they were basically the dudes that kind of showed us the ropes. Do you think that maybe that was more of a personal expectation that you were trying to live up to? Absolutely. Your brother's legacy? Well, yeah, um, definitely. Um, I was trying to live up to um, my brother's legacy, my dad's legacy, um, kind of a Fosmark name legacy. Um, my dad was a college football player. Um, so it was just kind of what I, what I wanted for myself. You felt like in some way, shape, or form you kind of missed the bar or you, you weren't Absolutely. quite enough. So there's that. And then, like, let's just face it. This is, what, 2006, around-ish? Yeah. By the time I was – by the time I had gotten all the surgeries, it was 2006, and I was – and it was Oxycontin City because that whole thing had gone, you know, had gotten real bad with – Purdue synthesizing that whole bro. You know, it's crazy about that before I, before we met up for you to come to the studio, I'm talking with my father-in-law and, uh, Dave, he's a great, he's a great guy. Uh, he's one of these magical folk though, right? He's a normie. Mm -hmm. He doesn't always understand it. <laughs> and so him and him and my mother-in-law, Pam, they watched that show. Okay. Um, what's what's the, the one on Hulu? Yeah. On Hulu that Michael Keaton did. Yeah, man. Why can I never remember the it's name like of that? Dope sick. Dope or sick. Yeah. So they were they watching. Did a good job. They they did. They did. And and he he was like, you know what? It's I I get it now. I understand. Like there's a whole lot of people that were victimized. And now listen, I don't think of myself today as a victim. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've gone through everything I've gone through for a reason and for a purpose. But there was a lot of people that, that affected. We safe to say were in that oxycotton generation absolutely and bro it was crazy like i was kind of joking and saying you know my wife um had to have surgery a couple days ago and they gave her a bunch of ibuprofen 800s and i'm like the stuff the the size bottles they gave me for my surgeries would make this look small and it was like 120 count right like mm -hmm. back then man they were just throwing it at you yeah they were it was a whole different it was such a different world and, and, and no one knew what they were doing. And, and we weren't educated as, as patients and our parents weren't educated. I have discussions with my parents about this and, um, our doctors weren't educated. And if you watch that show closely, you can tell that, that there's a lot of darkness that's gone into like the pushing of the, that there's a lot of people that need to be held accountable for, for making those labels look the way they looked and, and making that all seem like it was very, very, it was a money grab, bro. It's yeah. a money grab. Yeah. Right. They didn't, they, they, didn't they made take it seem like it didn't have knives attached to the shiny, right. The shiny sparkly letters, but those were hooks. Yeah. Yeah. For no, sure. Absolutely. You know, they the, got a lot of people and they still do to this day. And, and I've, we've lost a million friends. Like, we can, me and you could toss around names oh, yeah. all day of people that we've lost to this disease and we could do that for the next 40 minutes and we wouldn't miss a beat. Right. And we could shout out names, the, the people that we lost to this disease because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think today we're in, um, a different epidemic, right? Like the Oxycontin things over fentanyl is, is yeah. going crazy right now. It's just scary in and of it's itself. It's just a different monster it's a different head of the beast and we're both fellowship guys right like absolutely we both, so i don't want to like 
you know, the whole first step is, you know, you got to look at all your justifications and rationalizations. And at the end of the day, we got addicted. Oh, yeah. There's there's a personal accountability that has to be taken on everyone's part. So at the end of the day, everybody's got to get clean for themselves. And so we're, we're talking about recovery on the back end of it, right? Right. Because we're, we're already into the recovery thing. And, and so you're doing your podcast and, and I've, and I've, I mean, I'm been recovered. I guess I didn't state that, but that's just the obvious assumption. You're on here. You're in recovery. Right? <laughs> I'm Every, in recovery. He's in recovery, everybody. So, yep. so I went through, uh, I battle, I went through 10 different rehabs, um, uh, religious affiliation, non-religious affiliation, AA affiliation, um, just all sorts of affiliations and all that stuff. And, and really, um, did you think that you were like Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors, and you were just trying to try every flavor of you treatment know, or what? <laughs> were you giving Robert Downey Jr. I was Robert trying, Downey Jr. run for I, his money? I, I, like, I uh, was trying my very <laughs> hardest to uh, figure this thing out. I love you. And bro. I just could figure it out, man. <laughs> I was like, this seems like a good way to go. And I would try my hardest. I'd fall flat on my face. And then I would try something else and I would do really well at it and I'd fall flat on my face. And at the end of the day, it was like the honesty, being honest with myself and, and, and all those things. And I had to, I had to go through all of that, but my journey had to take me all of those places. Um, and, and it had to take me even in sobriety, it had to take me through some very, very dark and murky waters over the last year and a half Mm. and two years, two and a half years, um, and I've had to make some really hard decisions and leave some circumstances that I haven't wanted to do. I haven't wanted to have to face the things I've had to face in sobriety. And I had to make choices whether I could go and create more wreckage like I had in the past. Right. And get more charges and create more wreckage and, and destroy more lives and pick the pieces up from square one again. Mm. But we're getting old. Yeah. Right. We're not getting any younger. Bro, that, let, let me pause you just for a sec. It, it reminds me of this saying that I use all the time and, and I, I love it because it's spot on. So I'm going to get hypothetical for a sec. You Absolutely. ready? I love it. So we're back in the Western day, right? You know, the old cactus blown across in the breeze, dirt roads, right? You got to tie your horse up before you go in the sheriff's office. If I could whistle, I'd do the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Sean Dennis. Yes. Thank you. Special effects guy. So a a dude gets off his horse. He walks into the sheriff's office and on his way in, he he sees a dog laying there and you know, the old hound dog sitting on the sheriff's porch and he's whining. Walks in. He says, sheriff, man, your dog's in pain. What's going on? Sheriff says, yep. He's laying on a nail. He said, well, you, you know, well, Sheriff, are you going to get up and you, you're going to go move him? You're going to pull out the nail? What are you going to do? Sheriff says, nope, he'll move. The guy says, well, well, he's out there yelping. Like when? Sheriff says, when the pain gets bad enough, he'll move. And it just reminds me of that because you're talking about all the wreckage. You're mm. talking about, and I listen, I, I hope people don't have to get to a low rock bottom. I hope they're a high rock bottom type people, right? Because I think that the sooner that they can have the willingness and and search out a better way of life, the better. But sometimes it takes that. Sometimes it takes the wreckage. Sometimes it takes the charges, the trips to jail. Absolutely. What did that look like for you, man? What did that look like for me? Oh boy. Um, How much time we got? Um, (laughs) uh, I have three DUIs. Um, some thefts, an assault, you know, from the years, um, uh, I'm off paper now. Like I don't have, that's all, that's like the obvious wreckage though, right? Like, like somebody could background check you and know that stuff. Yeah. Like what's the internal wreckage, right? Internal wreckage. Like, I know you got a sweetheart for a mom, Julie Fosmar. Dude, don't even start with me. Don't start with me because we're going to, we don't have Kleenex in here. <laughs> here go, I don't on. see any Kleenex. We got one Kleenex and, and dude just told me he wasn't feeling very good <laughs> when we started this thing. So I'm not wanting to touch his Kleenex. On a serious note though, right? Like, um, I think cause the, the destruction that I've, uh, that I've been able to accomplish and that I've been able to remedy or 
been able to uh, make amends for. Yeah. Um, and I think reconciliation takes two people. So forgiveness takes one person. I can forgive all all the things that have ever been done to me, and people can forgive all the things that I've done to them. But reconciliation takes two people, and it takes movement in in that direction. Okay, and it takes a, it's a walk, and, and it, that bro. takes and that takes two people walking in in simultaneous in the same direction. Okay, and it's got to kind of be a dance um, in order for it to work, and. It's not something that just gets decided all in one. It's a journey kind of a thing. Absolutely. Man. And so I think when both parties are are pushing towards that reconciliation and they're doing the best they can, and as long as they're both working towards the goal, I think that that relationship can sustain and can move forward. Now, when someone decides they don't want to work on that anymore, that's then the decisions have to be made. Um, and I love how you're dancing around this question. <laughs> What's the question? Pause, my man. Hmm. The wreckage. You talked about the, the charges, right? Yes. Now, listen, the reason why I bring this up is because today we want to talk about recovery. You mm -hmm. know, this is a podcast about recovery. I don't want to spend too much time on the problem. I want to make sure we're talking about the solution. I had an experience this week that completely shifted my perspective on a lot of things. I've had some sleepless nights. I've had a lot of time to think. And um, I'm going to try to do this without me needing some Kleenex. But Mandy and I found out that we lost our, our baby girl over the weekend. And loss is a part of my story. Yeah. My dad, brother, yeah. friends, right? And we could go off on that whole thing for, for a hot minute. But the hardest thing for me in losing our baby girl over the weekend was watching my wife be in pain, emotional pain, and not being able to do a dang thing. Heavy. That's heavy. heavy. What it made me think of on one of the nights that I couldn't sleep because I was up sick to my stomach. Oh, man. I wonder if this is how my mom felt when I was running around. She had no idea where I was. She had no idea if I was dead in a ditch. And she's slowly watching me kill myself. Right? Like, don't you start because then I'm going to start, bro. Son of a and so if my God. mom's listening, son of a beautiful woman, I, uh, I don't know that I entirely understand it because I'm not you, mom, but I kind of get it because watching my wife go through, um, probably the hardest thing she's ever gone through in her life and not being able to do anything has been brutal. So I got it. That gave you perspective. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. Thanks, man. That is a beautiful thing. What an insight. This is supposed to be about you. But look at that, though. That's beautiful. Have you ever considered, right, when we talk about the wreckage, and I, and I realize bust out the waiters. I apologize to my mom. Like, she'll vouch for this. I apologize to my mom for screwing up minuscule tasks on a daily basis. Mm. I feel like... If, if I can, like, it never gets heavier than when I think about the kind of the kind of like pain that I've put my mom through. Yeah. That's like, that's one that I'll never be able to ever give back to her. Like, and she'll never ask for it back. That's why she's a, the most beautiful woman in the entire world. Yeah. She'll never ask for it back from me. And every time I say, I'm sorry, she always says, it's cool. No worries. That's that just do better. Love. Just do, just do you. Just, 
You know what I mean? And I even texted her today, as a matter of fact, like here. And it was like, it was over something dumb, like took pictures of like a popcorn maker and I just haven't put the pictures on KSL to, to sell them. I just been lazy, dude. I'm, silly. I'm in a funk, like in recovery, folks, it is not all rainbows after you get recovery mm. in like life is like life comes at you and like you have to decide whether you're going to take all the the hard things of life and you're going to revert back to the things that you used to do to cope with that or you're going to move forward in a positive direction and moving forward in a positive direction means you get to sit across like two blubbering grown men on a podcast and cry about it. Or like you can go to a bar and, and be yeah. drunk. Right. And and then we can go create wreckage right. in our lives. Right. Or we can do what we do now and we create beautiful memories, yeah. you know, that will forever be. And, and heaven and, forbid, have, you know, heaven forbid that we feel a little bit, you know. Yeah. Like, hey, trust me, I get it. Sitting in uncomfortability is my least favorite thing to do. But you're right. Right. And I, I'm glad you brought that up is. Today is as painful as the stuff that, that I'm going through. Obviously, I'm an addict, right? I, I have that neural pathway in my brain that goes, we know how to fix this. We know how to take this away. Yeah. First thought There wrong. is a solution to this. Right. That, that I'm sorry. Eight years later, my brain still does tell me that. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm any less stronger than anybody else in recovery. That means I'm an addict. Yeah. Right. It, now, listen, if I choose to act on that choice again, um, if I go out and use, my disease didn't just kick back in. I made the choice yeah. to reinitiate that disease, right? But it's still there. It still calls to me. And like you're saying, I, how I deal with it, how I cope with it is, is what makes all the difference. One thing that we're kind of talking about, you know, coping skills and how to deal with when life gets lifey, for me is like playing the tape forward. I recognize that I could go and I could get loaded. Like, sure, that, that's an option. I'm going to wake up the next day and it's not going to, it's, it's not going to bring me any closer to a solution or you're going to take the pain away anyways, right? It's going to compound the problem. Yeah. If anything, I got to deal with what happened during that time that I was checked out. Right. Right. And now, and now I got more to deal with. Well, and today, quite that, frankly, that looks like, you know, I know you're a personal trainer. You, you could lose your, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, what's that called? Your license, your certificate? yeah, certifications, or I could use my my standing with my boss, who's who's gone out on a limb with me, right, it's and, and hired chance. me and, and and given me a chance to come to his gym and represent him, because he's a man of upstanding, you know, he's an upstanding man in the in the community, who's who's looking to do good for the community as well. And if he lends his name to someone who goes out and causes wreckage in the community, then that's not good. It's not good. It's not a good look on him. It's not a good look on me. Right. You know what I mean? And I, and I did that for a lot of years. Yeah. And that's not something I wanted to continue to do. So I get to make a choice when stuff hits the fan and it has. We're going to get into kind of some of those things and some expectations in, in part two, right? Yes, we are. I do want to get out fun. of you, Foz. Like, so my coping skill is play the tape. If I have a golden nugget for the listeners, it's play the tape forward. Right. Like, and my thing too, is I distract myself long enough that I give myself a chance. I do what my sponsor tells me to do. If he tells me to go to a meeting, even if I don't want to go to a meeting, I go to a meeting, right? Like those are some of my coping skills. What are some of the coping skills you use that you can share with our listeners when life gets lifey? Ooh. I have a, I have a lot that I do, I think. <laughs> Um, I have, there's, there's like three podcasts that I listen to re pretty religiously. Um, let's get them. Muscle intelligence, Ben, Ben Pikulski. Um, he's a, he's a bodybuilder guy. I think he's in tune with a, a higher, something bigger than just, just bodybuilding and just holistic, just medicine, like okay. on a, on a spiritual level, spiritual level. He's, he's in like in tune with the body. Um, Andy Stanley, he's a pastor out of, out of Georgia. Um, I think he's looks at the Bible the way that it needs to be looked at. Um, he, he addresses 
people's hurts and hangups, I think, mm. um, more than the legalism, um, of religion. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to take a look at more because there's really two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. So I love that's it. That's the way I try to do it. Man, thanks for being on here. And thanks for letting me ask some hard family questions, Floss. We'll be right back after this short mention from our sponsor. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise of Supplements, and the Hilton Garden Inn. High Desert Counseling is an adult outpatient substance abuse treatment facility. We offer multiple services including day treatment, morning and evening intensive outpatient services, continuing care, and Prime for Life. What makes us different is our emphasis on gathering all of the information before enrollment. We do this by offering a thorough evaluation by a credentialed professional. Once we have committed to you and you have committed to us, don't worry, insurance will not dictate your treatment. Lastly, the pretzel effect. We are a brief intervention where we connect our clients to community, mental health, and medical professionals to help maintain recovery for life after treatment. At High Desert Counseling, we strive to be the bridge from active addiction to recovery, community, and connection. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Whew, you made it through that first part, boy. Uh, you got me and Big big Foz over here, Big Red, <laughs> choked up over here talking about wives Jeez. and moms. And man, we're, you know, mm. it's been good stuff. It's been good stuff. Um, episode... 110 part two is brought to us by the Hilton Garden Inn. The Hilton Garden Inn, it is always sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn. It's a great place. Yeah. If you are a loved one, want to take a little vacay, a little getaway, want to check out Southern Utah, uh, AKA God's country, go ahead, pull up your Google browser, type in Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah, and uh, check them out. Give them a shot at your business. They have great amenities, great customer service. I always, you know, talk about how phenomenal and how clean the place is. That's where Danny's staying yeah. for the duration of his trip down here. So they we, treated us right. Yeah, we appreciate the Hilton Garden Inn. Okay, um, sorry for the low bill, bro. I guess we never established, man, that moms were off hey, limits. We that's okay. Oh, well, they're never off limits, but like I just. Whenever I talk about my mom, I get a little frosty. <laughs> and listen, to be completely honest, me and you have gone on a couple different recovery podcasts and we mm -hmm. shared our story, right? Yeah. The other side of hell. Yeah. Other uh, side podcast. of hell. I, You've um, been on Casey Scott's, Casey Scott's project recovery. Mm -hmm. We're giving all these other podcasts a plug. Hopefully they give us a plug back, but right. that's okay. We play nice with others. Um, for the most part, I do. Uh but I wanted to get Check something those different. Check podcasts out, by the way. They're, yeah, they're fire great. recovery podcasts. Yeah, they're great. Um, I wanted to get something different out of you today, Fosmark. And I know based on our history and stuff, so. Yeah, I've known you longer than I've known any of those guys. And I've known those guys quite a while. So Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, getting kind of back to, we talked about, you know, the problem, right? You're, well, you're the Oxycontin generation, man. That's us. That's what happened to us. We both had... Uh, surgeries that were sports related, both got physically dependent on those things. I think for the, the reasons why, like whether it was coping with um, unmet expectations for me, uh, grief and loss is a big trigger of mine, right? We ended up the same place. We were addicted. We were mm -hmm. strung out. We struggled. So there's the problem. Part two, we typically talk about life and recovery in, in the solution. Maybe we jumped into that a little early, which I'm totally cool with. Um, it's, it's where life is, man. I we had a couple weeks ago, Cy Hershey on the podcast. Do you know Cy Hershey? You need to know Cy Hershey. Great dude, right? Really good out. dude. He does interventions with like Hollywood people. He's like, you know what I mean? He gets people into these bougie places. High personality guy. Yeah, great, it. great dude. And he, his story was a lot like yours, you know, very, um, how do I put that? A very um, successful family. A very prominent known family, uh, like like the Fosmarks, mm -hmm. uh, the Hershey's where his dad was. Anyways, get to it, Jared. He started out at these kind of really nice, bougie, fancy treatment centers, 
And bro, when you would disappear, you were like gone to like Oregon and like some pretty nice Seattle for one for a year, right, bro. Like you had some, like you were getting Charmin wiped, dude. Like no, that was not yes. what it felt like. Yeah, well, listen, it did not feel like Charmin. Do you know what my rehab was, bro? They came and picked us up from the jail. Okay. I was a Medicaid baby. So I did that. That was my last time. But but here's the thing. Here's here's the correlation, right? You started off with kind of these bougie places. Okay. And then you ended at Odyssey House. Yeah. Which plugged to those guys. They changed my life, bro. Here's here's what I'm getting at. I truly believe Now listen, I work at a treatment center. And I'm still going to say this, and that's I hopefully you just know I'm authentic by me saying this. The treatment center isn't always the, the thing that gets somebody clean. It's got to be the individual that finally has the willingness, has the, the motivation, has the discipline, whatever it is, because it needs to be a combination of those things, right? But ultimately, it was the person. The lesson was always there. The lesson has been repeated to me so many times that it finally clicked. Beautiful. And so it was never that the lesson was lacking. It was that I was not, I could not hear the message. You just weren't ready. I don't think. I was not ready to hear the message. And once I was ready to hear what that message was, I could. And, and I have been able to hear it at different degrees at different times of my life. And I've been able to put together times of sobriety. And then I've been able to like, that's been clouded. And I, it's like, it's like being in tune, spiritually in tune, right? Mm-hmm. It gets foggy or um, stuff happens and it gets cloudy and you lose contact. Right. Um, and then you find yourself in positions that you didn't originally intend to be in. Um, you never, when you first start this whole journey and you pop that first pain pill, you don't think you're going to be shooting up heroin. Right. I mean, never yeah. think that. Right. The first time someone pops a pain pill, they never think, I'm going to be shooting up heroin in a couple of years. Right. That's never the first thought. But it happens it to a lot of people. It does. It's just the simple fact of it because it's a brutal, brutal thing. And whether that's uh, alcohol, whether that's heroin, exactly. whether that's yeah. meth, right? It can I be mean, anything. Fill in the blank, whatever your substance is because it can be all mind-altering It can be work. It can be... Yes. The gym. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can be another person. Listen, folks, it can be another person more often than not. Sounds like you've got uh, some experience around that, Foss. I've got, I have a lot Hold of Hold on, though. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Let's, let's use the time wisely. So you left Odyssey House. Yeah. The most important piece in your recovery story was that you came to my wedding shortly after there. Yes. I'm just kidding. That's just a personal plug. I appreciated yes. you coming to my wedding. Shouts. Um, so from that point on, I mean, how did you get here? How'd you get two and a half years clean? Um, so I got out of Odyssey house inpatient there inpatient. I was in there sober living and this was when, um, this was when COVID was kind of at its kind of rampant. People were super scared. Oh yeah. And so we were kind of locked down in our. Like when I got out, it was like December 10th. I think I want to say it was like 2021. Sounds about right. Yeah. And, uh, and it was crazy. I couldn't go home for Christmas and I was in sober living. Like I'm a grown man, 36 years old and I can't go home. Why? Because we're a high risk community. Oh. And so going home and then coming back to that community, they were could, afraid you were going to come back. You would risk. I could come back I with see. COVID and infect the whole community. I'm tracking now. So, so the paranoia and the and the fear was really real at that point. Yeah. So it was a really hard time for me, like early recovery, six months in, and you know I couldn't go home for the holidays. Yeah. So I stayed and there, and I made it through and moved back to Ogden and. Um, got an opportunity to come back and start personal training. And so I took that opportunity. You've always been into fitness. Yeah. I was a college athlete. Yeah. Like high school athlete, college athlete, and always really into fitness and never did it 
I always kind of like help people out. Yeah. I never really thought about doing it professionally. And then um, a friend hit me up that I've known since junior high and um, gave me an opportunity to come out and, and give me a shot at, at doing some personal training stuff. And so, so I, about I took six that. months. You started doing the personal training. Yep. So you found passion. The point I, did, I found a is, purpose. Yeah, I found passion. So I found purpose. a purpose, and I was and I was um, going through IOP, um, and so, and I was in out, uh, Odyssey Houses outpatient. Right, right. And I was I didn't have my license and stuff, and I was grinding it out, and it was like COVID, and man, it was crazy. I had like this job doing shipping for a Volkswagen uh, parts store, and I was going to IOP, which was four hours in front of the computer looking at talking heads <laughs> like and and and, and yep. recovery was super hard um but i made it i made it i moved out and got a place with a roommate and then shortly after that i started working got my license and stuff stuff started going pretty well and kind of got back onto the dating scene and um met a gal and um, that went really well and, and kind of fell into the whole, um, wanting to wrap up my recovery story in, in like this nice bow. Mm. And, and there was a lot of things that, um, that like that, that looked really good. Like it, it all like kind of came together and it all looked really good. And, and so I kind of, and, and I can only take, like, there's a lot of different sides to the stories, right? Sure. And and I can only take... But let's get yours, though, right? Because yeah. you're the guest on here. And, well, I, and I know you. You're a classy enough guy. You're not going to mm-hmm. deface or you're not going to, you know, put anybody in a bad light. Yeah. I, I just, um, I got myself into a position where maybe I, I hadn't done all the necessary internal work than I needed to do in order to make the decision I needed to make before I got married. Okay. To find, really make sure I was really good with all of my stuff inside to make sure I was putting my best foot forward for somebody. Let me go here. You've heard of the, you know, stay single for a year. Your first year in early recovery, you stay single, you don't date, right? Because there's a oxytocin in the brain when you meet somebody else, right? Which feels a lot a like dopamine, chemical. right? Mm-hmm. Which makes you can become, and I know this probably sounds uh, far out there, but I promise you there's some research behind it. Otherwise it wouldn't be kind of a general rule. Uh, you look for validation. You look for a chemical release in another human being. And in a way it's addict behavior. Yeah. Because you it's become- It's fulfilling a need. Yes. Yes. And instead of doing what you're talking about, flaws, instead of doing that internal work and getting to know yourself and falling in love with yourself to where you're okay, regardless of what your significant other does. Mm-hmm. I'm letting someone like basically fill the void that I need to fill myself. Boom. Like I'm, I'm letting, I need my recovery and my, 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 my recovery, the way that I look at myself, fill mm-hmm. my, what, how I feel about myself, not how someone else feels about me right. because that can be pulled out from under me Yes, because that can change or things can happen that can change that. Like dynamics change in, 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 uh, sorry. You're in, okay. In, let me, let me throw it out there like this while you're collecting your thoughts mm-hmm. Typically, what where most people make their mistake in their first year of recovery, and I've seen this, I've lived this, I do this for a professional, right? Like I'm a substance mm-hmm. abuse counselor. I this is my job daily. I see this all the time. They try to bring, they try to build a life, and then bring a little bit of recovery into it. So work, relationships, right? They're building yeah. a life, which to most people they go, yeah, that sounds normal. You want to rebuild your life, yes but you're not quite ready yet because you don't have the fundamental pieces and you haven't done the work yet. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to build a skyscraper without a solid foundation. If you don't have your footings in and they're not deep enough, you can only go so high. Yeah. Before you start filling that. 
Right. So here, so follow me, keep tracking here, mm-hmm. listeners. Uh, in that first year, we want you to build recovery and then slowly bring life into it. Right. So what that looks like is a, building a relationship with yourself, building a relationship with your community, building a relationship with um, your employer, right? Like building a life in recovery that's sustainable so that you can slowly start pulling some life back into it. Relationships are a big thing. They take up a big portion of our life. If you think about it, besides sleeping and working, the majority of the time, most of us spend time with our significant other families, right? Those relationships. So if you introduce a significant relationship into somebody that hasn't done the work, hasn't built a life in recovery and is slowly bringing other things into it, that's what they start to build. Yeah. Right. Is that they're building a life based on this other person. And then they try to find time for meetings. They try to Mm -hmm. find time for step work. They maybe call their sponsor when they're not busy, you know, um, with their significant other. Yeah. Does that make sense? And as much as, as you don't want, that significant other to be the, the priority as much as you understand that the the recovery has to be the priority when you built, when you haven't done the proper work beforehand, Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't do that. Right. You're not, you didn't set it up properly. You didn't put one at one foot in front of the other. You did, you did like a C then B. Right, right. right. Like, you're skipping steps. Yeah, man. you're skipping steps and yes. you're putting everything in, in order I, in, in the wrong sequence. I also think it's important. And I did that. I also think it's important, and we're going to get to that. I also think it's important to admit to the listeners that we're not preaching to you. We're sharing from personal experience. <laughs> these are big the, mistakes. That we, we made, made these mistakes. We put our, uh, yeah, external validation in others and we've learned from it. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Um, for me, that's, that's in the form of, uh, marriage that didn't even last a year. Um, and, and it, and it caused more wreckage, um, unintended wreckage of, of, of kids and, and mm. that aren't mine, but I want it to be mine and, and a woman that I didn't intend to hurt right? and that got hurt and a lot of pain that I'm going through that I didn't intend to inflict on myself because now I've got a whole nother set of issues to deal with where I don't trust a soul anymore. Right. So now I got this whole other jaded side of my like life that I now have to process and deal with that I didn't have before. Right. I didn't have that. I wasn't a ruined kind of guy yet. And now I kind of am. Yeah. Like I, I kind of went through that. Like so I hypo- kind of got. Hypothetically, you wanted to just skip the footing and start building the skyscraper and then realize. I thought I was equipped. I thought because I had done all the work over the years oh. and now I had put it all together. I thought I could do all the work in different pieces. Different and then, phases. And then I could put it all together. And now that it, lo- it looked all right, but I didn't know that, that I I didn't know that I didn't have the proper footings. Bro, we should place. be we should be f- like philosophers. We should. We're talking pretty hypothetical here. And I love it. I love it because I think there are some powerful principles in there. So, basically, mm-hmm. you weren't quite ready for a marriage, but you felt like this would be a pretty ending to my recovery story. Yes. And 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 that wasn't all just that was it was a combination of of what I made my life look like, what she made her life look like, and the reality of both of those things. Oh, yeah. Everybody and how puts she, their best you know, foot forward. Like their when best foot forward yeah. and, and there's like there's all the, the pillars of today's adult dating world that go into that and and just and past relationships and the the hurts and hang ups that people have from from their lives and oh yeah and all that stuff and then there's substance abuse that goes into there and I it's just it all gets real messy real quick yeah and and if you're not really careful you can find yourself back in the bottom of 
a bottle at the, or bottom of a jail cell. Right. Luckily, or the bottle, the bottom of a spoon, right? The bottom like, of a spoon. Wherever yeah. that takes you. And I love that. It take, it's taken me different places and different facets of my life. And it didn't have to take me anywhere significantly down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And that's one blessing that I think my recovery, that's one thing that my recovery can speak for. Now I can stand on my recovery now is that it didn't have to take me to a jail. You didn't have to completely burn your life down. I didn't. You could just maybe have a kitchen fire and small without the whole like, building burning down. Small. Well, I don't know. It feels we might've had like a small structure fire, <laughs> but <laughs> I think we'll be able to like salvage at least me yeah. in the, in this whole thing. Like, um, but please but, don't feel like I'm laughing at your situation. Right. But it, it's the, the, the truth behind it is though, is you didn't throw everything all away. No, I could have, and I could have created a bunch more hurt for a lot of people. Sure. Sure. And, and I just didn't, I, I kind of, I felt like, you but, know, and I'm still going through it, but why? Why do you think that is like, uh, so I know you came down here with a dude today. I know you do some things mm-hmm. that, that are the foundation of your recovery. So like, even when we fall flat on our face, right out the gates of recovery and we think we're special, we can date within a year. We'll get married within a few months, right? Like you were, you obviously doing some recovery things that made it so that you didn't have to burn the whole building down. What are those things? What um, saved you? I have, I think I have a really I have an awesome, unique connection with higher power today that like is cool. Cause I just like, like I yell, I get in the car and I can yell. And sometimes the words aren't necessarily very nice, but like, I think if, if my God's as big as like, if I, I think he is and that everyone says he is and mm-hmm. I say he is, then he can handle me being upset every now and then. Like yeah. with what's going on. And, um, but I, and I, and I keep really close to the people who count. Like yeah. I have, I have friends that like, I have like really solid people. Um, I have a couple friends, um, and like my mom, my dad. We have a common friend, a common friend. So I shared earlier, you know, in, in the first part of this, uh, kind of the tough thing that me and my wife are going through at the moment. And I get a phone call. I get a phone call. Do you know a guy named Billy Plume? Always. Yes. Billy Plume. Coach the Plume. The guard. <laughs> coach Plume, right? Mm-hmm. Our football coach. And he was our, we coached for him. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, that's true. We were coaches for him. And Huge remember we went to Long Beach? Yes. Long Beach, California. That was, that for was fun. coaching seminar. That was crazy. What I'm getting at is... Sometimes in recovery, our support system is a sponsor, is our fellowship, home group, right? All those things are very important. Sometimes it's just healthy people that, I mean, Coach Plume doesn't know. He's not, right? He, he doesn't walk the path that we've had. I, you know, he teaches health and he has some education. He has some understanding, but, but he's a solid mentor. Mm-hmm. I got lunch with him like two weeks ago. Yeah, and he called me when my life was on fire. Like we need those type of people Dude, in our he's, life. He's he's called me when my life was on fire more than once. Yeah, yeah. He just seems to know. Yeah, and he doesn't struggle with what we struggle with. I think our moms tell on us. If I'm being completely there's like honest, a, there's. I straight up called him out of, on it. There's some sort of thing going on. <laughs> I called him out on conspiracy it. Conspiracy by all our mothers to do like make God and all our mothers to do good for us. Yeah, our higher power communicates through our mothers and Coach Plume. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the point I was trying to make is I think that that's, that's a big piece too, right? Is having, having that support system there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have this friend, um, a friend Heather that just, she just seems to get me like one of those people that just like seems to understand how to like, how to just let you kind of be you. Yeah. And whenever you're struggling. can look at you and see your soul. Yeah. Yeah. I got some just friends like that. Just kind of get it. Um, she can just get me and, and Mark, the guy I came down here with is one of those people too. Um, you know, all my heavy conversations are done with those people. Usually, yeah. you know, them and my mom, my mom still to this day, like, you know, just still solid, as solid as can be the most solid person I've ever had in my life for sure. I love it. You know, the theme of this, 
and listen, I know your mom's proud of you. I, I watch as she shares your stuff and you know, she's, she's always been supportive of all the different things that you got going on, man. The theme of this, that if I could kind of, um, summarize is just because you're in recovery doesn't mean that you make all the best decisions just because you're in recovery doesn't mean that it's all sunshine and rainbows. Like we still go through a lot of tough stuff. One thing, and it's just a personal pet peeve. When somebody says to me, just don't pick up and everything will be okay. Well, guess what? I haven't picked up and guess what? Not everything's okay. No. So the clinician in me, the counselor in me, the message is this for the listener. Picking up will compound the problem. It's okay to not be okay, man. It's mm -hmm. okay to feel like your world's on fire. It's okay to have sleepless nights. And, and again, not picking up isn't going to, like, the mental health side of things is it's okay. It's okay to go through some tough stuff. And to be able to realize that picking up all that's going to do is hurt it. You got some cool stuff going on in your life, Danny Fosmark. Yeah. What do you got going on, man? Yeah, let me do. Let me talk about that for a second. Um, I started my own training company. It's called Valhalla Rising. Um, and I do it at a Lions Pride Barbell. And, and we're at Layton off of McCormick Way. Um, we're on online, lionspridebarbell.com. We're opening up a combat facility. So if you're in Layton and you want to get some jujitsu, boxing, anything like that, um, we are in Layton, lionspridecombat.com. Um, we're opening that February 11th. Um, I do my personal training, uh, at Alliance Pride Barbell and I'm just, we're just looking to build, build our community. Um, we're also going to be starting, um, doing some nonprofit organization stuff. Um, just trying to get kids in gyms, like letting them know that they don't have to, do drugs they can come hang out in gyms and get strong i love it bro check out danny Fosmark. you can see him on all social media support our people in recovery thank you for joining us today on we do recover with jared miller help us spread our message of hope like comment and share if you have any topics or ideas for future shows please share that on our facebook page that Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.